Thank you to Wildcare and Wildlife Acoustics for sponsoring the Bat Chat podcast. Can you hear that? We can. Wildlife Acoustics creates the world's leading bat acoustic monitoring tools, designed to help scientists make impactful discoveries for our biologically diverse planet, turning this into this. Visit wildlifeacoustics.com to learn more. Wildcare are committed to supporting the ecology industry and are specialists in supplying a large range of monitoring, conservation and habitat management products, as well as equipment hire and service and repair. With a large range of products coupled with friendly and expert help and advice, Wildcare is a favourite supplier for ecologists nationwide. Go to wildcare.co.uk to see the full range and quote BatChat at the checkout for 10% off all bat detectors and bat boxes. Hello and welcome to Series 4 of Bat Chat from the Bat Conservation Trust. It only seems like five minutes ago that we were introducing Series 1. This podcast is for anyone who loves bats. It brings you the stories from the world of bat conservation, from the people on the ground doing work that furthers our understanding of these magical creatures. There's a lot of information and experience out there and our aim is to bring it right to you. I'm Steve Rowe, I'm an ecologist and a trustee of the Bat Conservation Trust. Before I introduce our first guest of this new series, I just want to say thank you to all of you who have got in touch over the summer to say how much you enjoy the podcast. I've had a brilliant time interviewing all our guests for this series, and over the next five months I look forward to sharing them with you. And now you yourself can appear on Batchat too. More information on that at the end of the show. For our first guest, we travel to Stafford to undertake a roost visit with Chris Smith from Staffordshire Bat Group. I've known Chris for many years now and attended several roost visits with him when I was training for my vet licence in the early 2000s. Chris starts off by explaining what a roost visit is and how it works. So we're just the other side of a heat wave and we just had a, a rainstorm and it's cooled off a little bit and you can hear the birds singing in the background and I'm with Chris Smith from Staffordshire Bat Group in... Well Chris, where are we and what are we doing? Okay, we are just south of Stafford um, and we're here at the request of the Bat Conservation Trust to talk to a homeowner who needs to do some building repairs um, but they've got bats, it's a maternity roost of common pipistrelle bats they've had them for a number of years and they're really keen to make sure that when they do the work they're not going to harm their bats they're not going to be causing any difficulty for the bats that's going to... Um, cause them a problem because they want their bats back in the future they don't want to inadvertently exclude their bats as well so what is the the vbrv or volunteer bat roost visitor service what what is it and what does it do okay so the volunteer bat roost visitor service the bat conservation trust run it as a telephone service initially for homeowners to get hold of if they have a problem with bats or if they have an issue with bats and then the telephone call service at bct then go out to find if necessary a volunteer roost visitor and the volunteer roost visitors are specially licensed within um, natural england's bat licensing system so that you are allowed to go and do 
visits to homeowners. You're allowed to go and advise them. You're allowed to go and go in and disturb bats and look at bats. So that's obviously what the licence covers. So the licence is allowing you to go and do that. It isn't a licence that is used for commercial work. It is purely for volunteer roost visitors to go in and and help the homeowner. So Natural England have set it up so that homeowners can have some help and support and input about their bats and the bats are going to be supported but at the same time part of when you do your roost visitor training is you are trying to find a way for people and bats to coexist so that uh, that is where the difficult bit arises but at least homeowners are given the opportunity to have someone who is supportive of them and the bats in trying to find a way forwards rather than just them thinking we've got to get rid of the bats the only way we can do our extension our roof repairs or whatever is to get rid of the bats and that isn't something that natural england wanted so they've set up the volunteer roof visitor service and how long have you been well first of all involved in bat conservation but also doing the vbrv service i think i got my first license about 2005 um, so as I, I became licensed as a volunteer roost visitor working uh, basically south east Staffordshire and you end up travelling around I'm a building surveyor so I bring in slightly different skills because obviously I've for 30 odd years been working on buildings and contract works so I bring in slightly different skills which has meant that also I've ended up doing volunteer roost visits somewhat further away where people have maybe got a more specific need for something that's that's building related as to how they need to do repairs to their house or alterations so the house about to go into is just over the road here what species is the roost and what's the issue that they've got in this particular property so the They've got a maternity roost of common pipistrels here, which was found a number of years ago. They've already had visits from volunteer roosters in the past um, to find out about their bats and about problems they had with uh, bat droppings on their boiler and just in their roof space. So that's allowed them to know about the the roost visitor service. They've then come back to BCT uh, to say that they need some roof repairs. They've got problems with their valley gutters. The valley gutter is quite close to the um, where the maternity roost is, so they they need some advice and some support and help on how they can get their repairs done, while at the same time being very aware of the bats. And actually, they they want to keep their bats, so they want to work around their bats as best they can. Great, let's go. Uh, let's go meet them. Yes, Chris. Yes. Yeah. This is Steve Rowe. Hi, nice Steve to meet you. Nice so, to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I'll tell you. I'll go and have a look there, and then I'll come down because I've got some notes off the back conservation. Yeah, and we'll what the plans are, and, and, look at and everything there. else, and then have a word with you about the work you want to do and how you're going to yeah, do it. Yeah, I'll show you. What. Yes. And then, would you like a drink then? A cup of cup of tea then would be wonderful. Tea. Yeah, tea, thanks. Exactly. Thank you very much. Yeah, what's your your show on? You happy coming up with your recording? Oh yeah. Okay. Aborted out Riffroid luxury. 
Yes, a roof void you can stand up in with boards on and everything else. What I've been told by BCT is that they want to replace the valley gutter because it's, well you can see here, it's all the, the felts coming away and it looks like there's two or three layers of felts that's been patched. So they just wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to affect their bats or do it in such a way that it wouldn't affect the bats. Um, and this... You can say there's a, there's a little MDF box with a load of bolts in and some yeah. doors on. This is, this is their bat house. Uh, so so in, they've, had, they've had two other roost visits and they've obviously wanted to contain the, the droppings and, and everything. Uh, and the bats look like they're going to be in the cavity or the soffit on the outside. And so presumably this, if we open it... ..is their little bat house. And there we go, look. So the roof here, um, it's a modern trussed rafter roof so it sits up against the gable end which is block work the outside of the cavity will be brickwork i don't know looking at it at the moment whether the cavity has got insulation in it but i wouldn't think it's going to be full of insulation it looks like it's a 1970s 80s building so maybe half the cavity has got insulation in it and there's a reasonable amount of droppings stuck on cobwebs and it looks like they've been pushed out of the top of the cavity wall or between the top of the block work and the underfelt and they're just catching in spider's webs. And if I just reach in and grab a couple. Yeah, and they just crumble up to dust. So typical bat droppings. They did say a little while ago that their roost was 200. So that's a really nice big roost. And as I drove down here, on the left-hand side of the road here, the, the house backs onto um, trees, woodland, and it looks like a little stream down there. So presumably it's a very good spot for foraging. So they've obviously picked the house because of that. So this bat house has been put in, like you say, because of a previous visit. Was the issue the number of droppings, or was it bats getting into the living space? Or On the original roost reports, they were putting a new boiler in, and the bat droppings were around where the new boiler was going in. And so they didn't know about the bat droppings until they were putting the boiler in. And then they wanted to contain the bats partly from coming into the living space, but also to stop the droppings building up around the, the boiler. Um, I have found before now bats occasionally climbing into boilers to keep warm. So uh, it isn't really something you want happening. You want to keep the bats and the droppings out of your boiler. So they've obviously agreed some format just for creating this box that then is sealed against the block work so that the bat droppings don't fall out, they don't get into the boiler, and, and then there's a, a side benefit, obviously they don't have. The, um, Mr Plum said he cleans out regularly, uh, two couple of times a year the bat droppings in here, but then doesn't have bat droppings in the rest of the roof space. And the work they have said BCT that they want to do is on the valley gutters here, which are probably at closest three metres away from the from the bat house. And they're obviously really keen on their bats because they want to make sure they're doing the work in such a way that they're not going to disturb the bats or minimise disturbance to the bats. The roof structure we're studying is a really modern structure and it's boarded out in the middle. And like Chris says, we've got a modern 
timber truss structure and the, the bitumen felt's all ripped a few metres away from the, from the box. And we can see evidence of the starts of old wasps or hornet's nests underneath the tiles. And whether, whether this has been pulled apart to, to look at what they've got there in order to assess what they need to do to repair the valley gutter or whether it's just fallen apart for old age, I'm not sure. But in places there's two or three layers and it's sagging, so I think they've mm. done some repairs or perhaps done because the, the roof here looks like it might have been extended so maybe what they've done is they've extended in the past and when they've joined the roof together the change in direction is, is going to be where there's tiles cut and if tiles are cut these are interlocking you can see from the back here they're interlocking um, pan tiles of some sort and if they you if you they're a big tile so if you cut them you've necessarily have destroyed some of the bit where they seal against each other the, the ridges so it may be that that's where the problem is um but we'll have to go and have a look on the outside and go and see right let's go okay. out let's make my way out oh this is just like john notes peter purvis eat your heart out oh that's before my time We'll just go and have a quick look on the outside yeah. and then I'll come and have a word with you about the works that you've planned and we'll have a look at um, yeah. what you want to do. And, okay, and it's raining again. Right? Yes, oh, I know. Right. We'll, so we'll be, I'll we'll just we'll get my jacket <laughs> and I'll come and... Uh, go go in, in and out quickly. <laughs> right, and Steve, so this is the gable end and there's just a few dropping still on there and it's a bit dark looking at it but they're obviously going underneath the soffit somewhere and your work over here yeah the plumb will be absolutely fine because yeah is that one you can you can yes you can see the the valley with the the mortar coming out either side yeah that's one of the problems and so it should be absolutely fine because yeah. They'll obviously have to take off one or two tiles either side yeah, yeah. and then put the yeah. the new valley yeah. plastic all the way down yeah. and it'll run all the way down to your gutter and then yeah. just cut the tiles in. Yeah. But at the closest, they're going to be, well, if they scaffold up here, they're going to be a metre and a half to two yeah. metres away from yeah. the back roost. Yeah. So yeah. if you're doing it in September, when the likelihood is there may still be one or two bats, but yeah. you won't have your maternity roofs there, you shouldn't, many, you shouldn't disturb... Yeah. And that, that's the thing as well, exactly. the young might have gone. Yeah, yeah well, the young should by then be flying, yeah. be out and about, and you might just end up with one or two bats yeah. Yeah. there. Okay. But that should be a minimum amount of disturbance yeah. for the bats. We haven't gone out recently to look at them flying, but when we did once, we were, you know, a couple of hundred... Has anyone ever counted them out for you, exactly? No, we, not exactly, no, no. no. We, 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 we did count them out gruffly. Oh, you know, I think we're into about 200. Mm. <laughs> but as I say, they come and they down the... Yes, I was going to say, from here you can see the trees at the back and, and, the and straight over to the We keep our garden, as you can see, it's sort of semi-wild. Semi yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, would you be interested in finding out how many bats are there? I'm just thinking, because... We've got quite a few volunteers in the Staffordshire back group, and I wondered if yeah, there's anyone yeah, who lives local to you to who could, who you know, would come and, yeah. and count them. And the only problem I say we've got is at the moment there are three few droppings for whatever reason. You know, um, we always know it always gets on the stair. 
Yeah. So you get them all along here. Yeah. Right, let me just grab my notes here. Yeah. <laughs> so Chris is now making some notes based on what we've just seen upstairs. So I mean, based on what we see outside, Chris, what's your recommendation to the homeowner going to be? Okay, looking at what we've seen in the roof space and looking on what they've told me so far uh, to BCT, which has been passed on to me, um, I think it will really just be a case of making sure that they aren't doing the work when there's likelihood that the bats are here. They have said that the bats aren't here at the moment, but maternity roofs move. They, they'll often move around depending on the weather conditions, on the insects, so it's quite likely they could come back later on so that you can't sort of make the assumption they've gone now permanently. Um, so I think, you know, I'd be looking at uh, asking them not to do the work until after the beginning of September um, and making sure there's a method of work in place for the contractors. The work that I've been told by BCT, if that's exactly what the work is, isn't too far away. It's three metres away from the, the, the box they've created uh, but it's not in the same area of roof where the bats are roosting in the gable or in the soffits. So it shouldn't be a big disturbance. So really, if we can you know, timetable it when um, the bats are unlikely to be there and we can make sure that the contractors know what to look for, do everything by hand, take it apart slowly. And when they put any um, new underfelt in underneath where they're going to put the valleys in, that if it's all in bitumus, then... That way, we've we've done absolutely the best we can for the bats. The homeowner can have all the repairs done, and they've been really considerate about the bats, and hopefully everyone will feel that it's been a success. I always accept cups of tea. I'm sorry, Steve, it might be out. But it's twofold, because it, it also it partly relaxes everyone. Everyone sits down with a cup of tea, and they're, they're, they're doing things, and then yeah, they're occupied. But also... I do a lot of stuff in Birmingham, um, which is for Asian families and, and you know, all you know, the Indian community. They all have got, maybe not so much some of the younger uh, people, but a lot of the older people, it's really important for them when you come into the house to to welcome you in and they want to give. And so actually refusing a drink is... is not frowned upon, but obviously it's just difficult because they they want to they want to you know welcome you. Yeah, so yeah, sorry, I always accept cups of tea. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, can I have a word with you about the proposed works? Yes. We hadn't heard of it before because um, the gullies have often given us a problem. You, you'll see when you go out yeah. that the um, the cement under the tiles breaks away, fills the gully, ends up coming down. down, and we get a lot of moss because that's north and this is south. Yeah. So we get a lot of moss on that side. Um, so we asked the chappie to come round and said, could we, you know, re-cement, re-point them? And he said, why don't we put in, he called it dry valleys, uh, dry gully, uh, yeah. but dry valley. And I've never heard of them before. Have you? Have you? Yes. So basically it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, if you haven't, That's I had to come yeah, across you, it. But you, 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 you know, you put a plastic membrane down. under and you bring the tiles together. So I had a word with them, they said it doesn't, doesn't create too much noise. But they would be here with the four probably perhaps a bit less than a week, perhaps, to do yeah, the work. Yeah, and obviously what they'll have to do is they'll have to take out some of the tiles either side of the yeah, valley yeah. and then cut some new ones right. so that it all matches yeah, in. Yeah. Um, and I see, I see the, the underfelt up there was ripped. I don't know whether they'd 
taken that off to have a look at the existing no value. no no that, that's, that, just that's age. been ripped for ages yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and I haven't so presumably they'll back. replace that well, when they do what it. they will do is just put a button in I think to yeah. push it back looking at I mean because because that will will close off the valley yeah. so it'll stop so you having have a real big problem yeah yeah because obviously cement. what you've got is the cement is at the end of the, the tiles where they've been cut and as yeah. everything expands and contracts and over time it all falls out yeah. so yes it yeah. will avoid all of that for you it would <clears throat> and, and the four gullies you know two at this yeah, end and then and two to that end there. so yes i and it's not too close to the back roof so so i think if and yes, they're bound to do. There's bound to be some noise because they'll have to put oh, either yes, yes. a tower yeah, scaffold to, up or a scaffold and and, I mean, and the tile boards just to work. Shifting them around will be noisy yeah. in its own, but uh, not too bad. But hopefully. normally, your bat roost, I suspect, goes at the end of September, uh, end of August yeah, or early September. Them we couldn't think, yeah. see them really starting before the mid to end of September. You know, yeah. Work. In which case, if your if your bat roost, which normally will start to break up as a maternity roof, sometime you know mid to late. Yeah. August by by the time you get to middle of September, hopefully most of the bats, if not all of them, will yeah. have gone. Maybe down to a, a small number. So yeah. get the odd one up to up to October. It's yes, the odd dropping outside. Yeah. Yes. So so planning the work for September should not be a problem. Good. Um, Good. And what I'll do is I think that if you've got a method of work that you can give to the contractors so that they're aware of the bats and then they'll be looking out yeah. for evidence I, of the bats. Them, you know, yeah. Uh, because. Obviously, a lot of contractors, they, they understand bats are protected yeah. with so, a method of work I mean, to look at, to work yeah. with. Um, they'll be aware of the bats. They'll yeah. know that if they find anything, they can just stop work. Yeah. And, you know, you've got my telephone number. I can always then speak to them on the phone exactly. or come out if necessary. Yeah. 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 And I think that's it. I think if, you, if you've got a contractor or can find a contractor who, who understands about bats, it's so much easier because the bats in themselves aren't harming the property the bats in themselves yeah. aren't uh, you know uh, going to you know be a, a problem from a health point of view yeah. it's just the fact that they're there and people need to be aware of how to to yeah. work around them you, and you time scales mainly when it gets very hot in the attic it does yes you know and i mean it might still be fairly warm from the yeah. last few days but um but it's, it's not too bad I, I usually have a mask on you know, yeah. when i go up anyway yeah, and being in the, in the roof space, at least it's it's not too. But you're not getting the smell into the house. No, no, no. no you're not aware okay. of it at all in the house. Thank goodness. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> are we now? We've come out of Europe. Are we still registered with Europe, or is it a different registration? It's all still the same law, which is the oh, Wildlife and Countryside Act, 1981. And what happens is they've just there are then regulations which. Part of them were European regulations. They're now just being amended and adapted yeah. into British law, yeah. separate from that. But there's no real change in the law. There's no change in, in the protection for bats at yes. all. Yes. They're just maybe changing the actual yeah. um, regulations you yeah. have to quote if you yeah. quote them. Yeah. But, but all but the you're same. You're a volunteer, aren't you? I yeah, think, we're all volunteers. You're yes. all volunteers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But my, my day job is I'm a building surveyor and I specialise in oh. doing surveys for bats. So oh, we'll ask you about some other things. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I end up doing. I, I end up doing yeah, this with bats, and particularly I end up doing yeah. things where people have got building yeah. works because yeah. well, I, I know about the materials and, yeah. and everything else. This is where of my yeah. my skills tend to come across. <laughs> Basically, I can I can do the report back to the Bat Conservation oh, Trust. They'll send you a letter. You. you can then have a, that letter to give to your contractor. So your contractor will have. 
a method of work, you know, how they should go about it to minimise disturbance yeah. and harm to bats. Okay. Um, but also giving them some comfort that they're not going to be doing anything illegal by yeah. doing the work no, no. for you inadvertently or, they you know, purposefully. They, they that, have worked on... Yeah, yeah. So that's good. And you say end of September is the best rather than mid. I think from middle of September onwards, mid, yeah, you, there's more always more a chance you could have one or two bats in there. Yeah. But the work is far enough away from the area where the bats are, yeah. and hopefully they doing the valleys. They'll be taking a few tiles off either side of the valley. They're not doing the whole route. No. So they're in a localised area. Yeah. Yes, there will be yes, some noise, is. maybe a bit of dust. Yeah. But they can do all of that to keep minimised, keep it away from the yeah. roost yeah. access. Yeah. Yeah. So it should be absolutely fine. Brilliant. Thank you. Well, that's, that's good. That, that's reassuring anyway. It's nice that we, you know, oh, you, yeah. that, that's very helpful. Because yeah. we, we, obviously we worry, you can say, oh, we can't do that sort of thing. Oh, dear. And we, we, we have got a problem with those gullies, you know. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. That shouldn't be a problem at all. We thought you'd be saying, no, you can't do anything. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Well, and this is, uh, this, this is what the whole the, the volunteer roost visitor system's for, is to get people out who, who know about bats to yeah. talk to you as homeowners and hopefully find a way that, you know, you can... You yeah. can live in your house yeah. and share it with bats yeah. and oh, both yeah. be happy. Yeah. That's what the, yeah. the aim of it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just sometimes difficult, you know, trying to balance up, you need works done and, and the bats yeah. are there, yeah. but trying to come up with a scheme that allows it both to go ahead. Oh, well, anyway. Not okay. Well, it's good news. <laughs> thank, thank you very much for the tea and biscuits. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I hope the rain stays off. Oh, well, they were very nice. They were. They're nice people, aren't they? Yeah. They're really good. And they're interested in the bats. Yeah. And I think that's just... I think if they're interested in their bats, that's really where the the whole roost visitor thing works well because, you know, they're, they're interested in their bats and then you can, you can, you know, retain that interest and actually get them more involved what's what's the next step for you then okay so um i've taken some photographs taken a few notes what i'll do now is i will go home uh, and there's a, a standard form that um, the bat conservation trust have, have done in conjunction with natural england that makes it easier for a roost visitor to fill in it's got a lot of questions on it and a lot of stuff that needs to be answered about how buildings are put together where the bats are what they're using how they're getting in and out so that at least when bct take that information to natural england natural england can read through it they can read through my notes will be added to it about what i think the bats are doing how they're using the building and what the works are what it would involve in disturbance um, or harm to bats and then they can read through all of the notes there that I've written. They can look through all the standard bits and pieces, ticking all the boxes, um, and hopefully that will allow Natural England's officer to make a quick decision. So, I mean, you've done countless ones of these over the years. You're clearly very happy doing it to take time out of your day to do it in your spare time. What, what's the value of the VBRV service? OK, the value, the value to bats, I think, is, is really big because... For, the, for a homeowner, for a homeowner who's got bats, a lot of homeowners, I think when they talk to contractors or maybe when they read stuff in the press, 
bats aren't always given very good press. Bats are seen as uh, an issue. Bats are seen as a stop on people being allowed to to use their house how they want to use it, to repair it, to maintain it and extend it. And really that isn't how the bat should be seen. And the Volunteer Visitor Service is a way for Natural England to, to help homeowners accept their bats. And for me, it's a really good way of supporting bats, but equally supporting the homeowners. Because what, what I ideally want to do is to have a homeowner who is happy to have their bats. They can get their repairs done, they can get their extension done, they can do whatever they want, but if they can keep their bats, then both of them are on a win. And if they can do it in such a way that actually then they maybe become keener on their bats... Sometimes people will then get involved with a local bat group. Sometimes they'll allow people to come in and do roost counts. Sometimes it's just then that you've got a a contact that maybe is just going to talk to their neighbours and be very happy saying to their neighbours, oh, bats are not a problem at all. And then they'll also be very positive about the whole roost visitor service, Bat Conservation Trust, Natural England. And it's really just trying to get a win-win for everybody. And I think the Volunteer Roosters Service can do that. You do get ones that are difficult. You get ones where the problem is so intractable from a physical building point of view that you have no alternative other than exclude the bats. The problem can also be so intractable because of the householder, that the householder's attitude, however much you spend time talking to them, however much you go and and maybe go on two or three visits and really work on engagement and everything else, they're never going to like their bats. So sometimes you end up having to go down the route of exclusions. But that is that is rare. Um, it's also a good learning thing. It's, it's, it's a very good way of, you know learning how to deal with people and it's part of what the training for the volunteer roosters is about how to deal with people who who have these difficulties and how to come up with ways of of supporting the homeowner and the bats in everything from how you talk to them to how you approach it to how positive you can be about their works and everything else i was going to say you've answered my last question i was going to say you said hopefully it's a positive experience i mean i mean it's very hard to say but on a percentage how many are not a positive experience from the homeowner side of things um if i think if i assessed not being a positive experience by excluding bats which is the uh, that that is the the worst outcome absolutely for everybody uh, apart from the homeowner because the homeowner clearly doesn't want them but the bats you know to exclude a roost of bats is got to be the worst outcome so in the past five years i think i've physically done two roost exclusions and advised on a third one so how many roost visits do i do a year a dozen to 15 so out of uh, so that's maybe three out of 45 50 visits which i think I, I don't know how that compares to other roost visitors um but the exclusions that i did do one of them had gone on for a number of years with a lot of roost visitors they tried all sorts of different ways and it really was absolutely after four or five years maybe more than that it was the only way to solve the solution so 
three out of 45 in the past couple of three years. I think it's got to be reasonably good as a, as a benchmark to start off with. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? And you touched on in there, you've had to travel slightly further because there's a lack of volunteers around and that number has been slowly dwindling over the, over the last few years. Where do you see the future of the service going? I'd like to see the future of the service carrying on as it is. I know that there have been funding issues with Back Conservation Trust and Natural England. I know that they've got alternative fundings in place. Um, I think the service is a very good one. I think the difficulty is that there are a lot of people who... It is difficult to commit to it because if you become quite... Um, engaged with the homeowners and their bats you can become quite committed to it and you feel you ought to be going out and doing lots and lots of work to help and support them lots of you know night counts on how many bats where they're coming out and it is just difficult because we're volunteers so I'm I've got a full-time job my full-time job involves me in bats which means I'm doing at this time of year evening surveys and dawn surveys and it is it is a real difficult balance to do in the winter it's a lot easier because i'm not doing evening surveys so i think for volunteer i think the the really the more volunteers we can have the better and i'm always happy to train new people to come and do it and i'm probably i'll probably produce one new roost visitor every couple of years at the moment so the, the volunteers will come out with me, they'll come on roost visits, they will uh, observe to start with, then they'll end up you know, sort of running the roost visit with me looking at it and making sure and helping and supporting them and, and stepping in if necessary. But it, it isn't a quick and easy process because at the same time they've got to do all of the usual work for getting a licence from bat ecology, biology and everything else. So... It, if someone's already got a license as a consultant, they can quite quickly, you know, transfer over to get that extra license to do volunteer roost visits. But for members of bat groups who aren't working in bats, it's quite a big commitment for them to also spend the time to do the training to come out and do this as well as me doing the roost visits. Um, might be evenings, weekends like today it's just a big commitment so i would really like to see the whole volunteer roost service carry on um, and i would hope the funding could be found to do it because i just think it is such a positive experience most of the time for homeowners and bats well put and nicely timed just as the rain starts chris <laughs> chris smith thank you very much thank you steve well, a huge thanks to Chris for having me along on that roost visit. If you'd like to find out more about how to become a roost visitor, the link is in the show notes. Now, I mentioned at the start of the show that you guys can appear on Bat Chat too. We want you to get in touch with your favourite bat experience. It doesn't matter whether it was the first time you've ever seen a bat. You might have seen a brief shadow flying past as you were leaving your house. Perhaps you've been checking bat boxes with your local bat group and saw bats up close for the first time. Or saw a bat species that you've never seen before. Perhaps you've counted a bat roost this summer and something unusual happened. Maybe you heard what bats sound like on a detector and thought it was the coolest thing ever. Whether you're new to bats or a seasoned bat lover, we want to hear all about your favourite bat experience, so please do get in touch. The voicemail link is in the show notes, and don't worry, you can hear your message back and re-record it if you don't like it before sending it to us. Messages can be up to 90 seconds long. 
We can't wait to hear from you, and we'll be back in two weeks' time with the Sussex Bat Group, so see you then. What did you think of this episode? If you can please leave a quick comment about the show in the ratings and review section, we'd really appreciate it. It helps other listeners to discover our podcast.